Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. Client communication is a huge passion of mine, and it's something that is really necessary, especially in a a specialty like dermatology, where we are dealing with chronic common conditions, Um, you know, chronic, so it can be frustrating and hard for clients to really understand why recurrent infections and finances and things that can really just add up over time, emotions, appearance of their pet can all be affected by a disease that can't be cured. And for some of these pets starting at a really young age, Um, but then also just kind of dealing with the fact that's really common and the problem of that is that there's a lot of opinions out there. So when we start to hear about, say, itchy dogs, for example, since it's so common, we have owners who come in and say, well, my neighbor's dog's on this medication or they started this supplementation or a blog online said to do this or someone at the pet store said to do this because it is so common, it's really easy to get misinformation and lots of different opinions out there. Just based on the nature of what I do, talking about pet allergies, I get so many ads on my uh, the internet uh, when I'm surfing Instagram. I get ads all the time about different supplementations and showing pictures of really, you know, uncomfortable, itchy red dogs, and then taking this magic supplement where all of a sudden the dog's totally normal. So there's just so much marketing and misinformation out there. And as a veterinarian, we are the pet's advocate. We are the ones there to really educate and to really um, take the time to to really empathize with these owners and talk to them about what's going on with their pet. And I know it's really hard right now with the clinics being so busy and stressful. There are ways through handouts, through working with your um, your staff and training them how to communicate these things with your owners that you can still do it in a time efficient way that provides owners a an outlet, a resource um, to lessen the frustration because dealing with these things can be really difficult. And there's been several studies really evaluating the things that pet owners are looking for, you know, with their veterinarian and what type of communication they want to get. There was a study done um, in 2008 that was presented in JAVMA, and they identified, this is just an overall veterinary study, not one that's targeted towards dermatology, But they had six pet owner focus groups and four veterinarian um, focus groups. And five themes really were identified as far as veterinary client communication. And one of the top ones was educating the client, um, providing choices for the client, using two-way communication, 
the breakdowns that can happen with communication, and then the various challenges that happen with veterinarians. And as I was reading this study, I thought it was important to really highlight some of these things. Um, and this was done by Co et al. Because it relates a lot to what we deal with in dermatology and something that can be really useful just for you to um, consider and me like I was considering a lot of these things in my own practice of what am I doing successfully and not successfully so I wanted to take some time to go over that because I do think communication is so key when we're dealing with dermatology because we can know the right thing to do for these pets but in the end, if the owner doesn't trust us, if we're not giving the right information, if we're not explaining things, it doesn't matter if we know what to do, if the owner is not going to give the medications at home or bring them back for the rechecks or trust in us, then we're not able to help that pet. Um, so for education um, for the owner. So owners in this study expressed um, that they want information to be explained. And the important thing to realize is the depth in which you will explain stuff to owners is very much going to depend on that owner. I have owners that come in and even if they're taking the time to see a specialist, they say, I don't really need to know why. I just trust that I'm here and that you're the expert and I'm going to do what you say. In some people it is I need you to explain things really in depth and I have lots of questions I'm going to call back with lots of different thoughts um, that are going to have to be addressed. So it really does depend on the owner but just having some form of explanation for that information. They also want information to be very upfront. So saying things like this is allergies are chronic. They are lifelong. Your pet will live with this forever. It is not curable, but it is manageable um, is really important. Owners don't want to keep just having an ear infection come back every three months and not be told there's an underlying reason that it's happening. And they also want information available in various forms. So this is where you can have a lot of handouts, um, you know, maybe pre-written discharge instructions for some of the more common things that are out there that could really save you some time in the clinic. As far as providing choices, clients want, wanted a range of options in this particular study. So they want to be educated on each options regarding costs, benefits, and prognosis. And again, every owner is going to be different. Sometimes you're going to give the Cadillac of treatments and that owner will be all in and they're going to sign the estimate and go for it. But just having the ability to say, you know, ideally this is what we would do. Okay, that's not realistic for you either financially or emotionally or time-wise. Well, here's the next option and, you know, here can be the um, limitations of that option. Also being respectful of the owner's decision. Um, one particular person in the study quoted, I don't want a vet to make me feel guilty because I have to think about financial costs. So still stating things like, you know, um, based on limitations or um, if this doesn't work, we need to consider this um, or even just putting in your record like due to financial limitations, owner declines this, but just not making the owner feel bad about it. Saying things like, I understand allergies can be expensive. You know, we can start with this, but maybe work up to this or keep this in mind can be really helpful just to alleviate that stress from the owner. The owners just want to feel involved in their pet's care no matter what they can do. Use of two-way communication the owner wants to have a conversation. So when we talk to an owner about allergies, yes, I am talking a lot, um, but I'm 
pausing and asking things when I communicate to these owners like does this make sense um, do you have any particular questions about this uh, does this sound like something you'd be interested in just taking a moment to pause and make sure they understand make sure you use terms that owners will understand um, when I talk to owners, I'm not saying atopic dermatitis unless I really identify with that owner. That means environmental allergies. I am usually just saying environmental allergies or seasonal allergies if that particular pet is very clearly seasonal because atopic dermatitis can sound really um, confusing to them. We think it's really common, but then if we say that to an owner, they don't quite understand what that means. Simple things like alopecia. Some owners know what that means because there's certain people who deal with alopecia, but there's definitely owners who don't. So saying things like, you know, hair loss or balding, you want to make sure you use communication that's really clear to the owner. Owners in this two-way communication also just want vets to listen, to take the time to listen to their concerns, don't jump to conclusions without hearing what they have to say, asking the questions. Um, Sometimes owners don't know what information to give. So if you just walk in there and say, well, why are you here today? And they, you know, just say one or two sentences and you don't really follow up with in-depth questions or asking, you know, uh, what's really important of the things that they're mentioning or all the history questions we've talked about in previous podcasts. Is it seasonal? Not saying, is your pet itchy? But saying, do they lick their paws? Do they overgroom? Do they chew? Do they head shake? Do they scoot? Because an owner may not understand that all of those behaviors can actually be a sign of paritis. I also don't use the word paritis when I talk to owners because they're not going to really understand what that means if they're not in the medical field. Um, so I'll just say all those things, paw licking, chewing, um, you know, itching, head shaking, hair loss, odor. We want to make sure we're using terms that they can understand and so that we can do the best to help their pets without having the owner feel overwhelmed. The most common breakdowns in communication that owners have listed, um, not being adequately informed about a procedure or cost or the long-term implications. So this goes back to what we um, just talked about previously. Allergies are lifelong. They can be expensive. You know, recurrent infections are related to allergies, long-term um therapy or medications are going to be needed to try to lower the cost. So we're not getting resistant infections, but I understand the expense can still add up because this is not something we can cure. Owners want that information. As frustrating as it may sound for them, they want to know what we're dealing with long term. Um, not being presented with options or having the ability to exercise choice. Um, so one particular client in the study, um, which I'll link in the details of this podcast episode, the study itself, um, there's nothing worse than feeling like you're handicapped and you don't know what to do or you're being shoehorned into a decision that you really don't want to be in. Um, so I have clients who even come to see me as a dermatologist who specializes in allergies that cannot allergy test. Um, either financially they cannot allergy test, um, they it's too difficult to be on that long-term plan where they don't know how well their pet will do. Same with diet trials. Like unfortunately there's some owners that 
I just can never get to do a diet trial for various reasons. Um, and it doesn't mean you should ever give up or you can't mention it in the future because things can change. They never have an owner say they can't do a diet trial or allergy test and just say, well, that, but that's the right thing to do. You know, it's just working with them. Okay, well, let's get through this particular situation. Let's use this medication to make your pet feel more comfortable. Um, and then maybe we can come back to this in the future or kind of see how they do. And just making sure you document that and um, you keep talking to the owner in a non-judgmental way, non-judgmental way. Um, so that they can feel trusted and, and not feel like um, they're being evaluated for the fact they can't do a particular diagnostic or particular medication or treatment. Um, and they want their concerns to be heard. Again, whether it's money or just the ability of what they can do. I've had owners be really frustrated. They can't do ear medications at home. Okay, well, let's find the solution to that, um, that they can't give injections at home. So they'd love to do allergy testing and allergy shots, but they feel terrified for injections. Okay, well, let's talk about sublingual immunotherapy or in our particular clinic, we'll do something called rush immunotherapy where the, the can spend a whole day with us. We'll do the first round of injections and then they can just do injections every two weeks after that. And we have some clients who just bring their pet to see us really quickly every two weeks and that works for them. So it's more about finding the solutions or kind of pivoting what can happen for that client and for that pet um, without making them feel bad that they can't do something that maybe a lot of our other clients can do. And of course, there's a challenges um, for us in the communication realm as veterinarians, um, you know, discussions of cost. So we feel guilty or undervalued if for some reason an owner is upset about certain charges or what certain things cost. We're dealing with things like client misinformation. So there's just so many different sources of information out there between, you know, digital, in stores, um, other opinions. And so that can be really difficult to navigate as well. Um, if we have multiple clients involved and they're not necessarily agreeing about the care for their own pet, if we just don't have as much time based on the way that the workflow has, has happened that day. All of these things can be really difficult on both sides. Um, but it's just important for us to really take the time. Unfortunately, um, it's getting better, but our education about communication with clients has not been the best compared to, you know, what some human uh, fields will go through. It's not as well researched in veterinary medicine, though we are getting more and more literature out about it compared to human medicine. We don't get a lot of training about communication. So as we move forward, it's something that we just have to recognize. There's been studies where they've taken veterinarians, they've, you know, done some exams with clients, they've put them through a training course, um, and then within several months to a year, they'll see how much better um, their clients feel about the veterinarian and how much more information they're getting when they collect history, even in a time-efficient way, just by getting the appropriate training and learning these things. So I encourage you to go look at the studies that are out there. And, and this one, there's um, other ones. Jaffa puts a lot of client communication um, articles out there. And just 
looking at the resources available, not only for dermatology, but other fields as well, because it'll make all the difference as we help these pets and our own job satisfaction if we feel connected to our clients. So I hope that's really helpful. I do some lecturing on client communications when I speak at different conferences because I do think, I mean, especially in our field, dealing with chronic diseases and frustration and flares, it's so important, but it's something that you can really use in your everyday practice.